I believe that our bodies are a gift from God. Um, this life is a gift from God. And how we manage and steward this body will allow us to either maximize the potential that God's given us. And, and there's some of these workouts I come in, and I'm, I'm not kidding, Charlie. I'm praying before and during and after the workout. <laughs> Lord, just give me the strength to finish this. I'm so intimidated by what I'm about to do. And I think it brings a level of um, stamina and endurance and perseverance to other areas of your life that you didn't know you had there too. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. I have a very special guest today, a very close personal friend of mine, Will Lewis. He has a really good uh, habit that he started in order to make sure he gets in the gym every day. And I think you guys will enjoy hearing about that. But more importantly, you're just going to get a ton of inspiration and, uh, and just really be blessed from listening to what Will has to share today on the podcast. My name is Will Lewis. I'm a dad of three girls. I've been married for 23 years to Leslie. And uh, my oldest daughter's in college. My middle daughter's is sophomore in high school. And then my youngest is 10 years old and fifth grade. And uh, I pastor Brazos Fellowship Church. And uh, we moved to College Station about 12 years ago to start the church. We started in our living room. And um, it's been an amazing story so far. So. That's awesome. So how old are you? I am 47. And so has working out been a part of your life since you were young? Or tell me a little bit about kind of how working out has worked into those 47 years. Well, it, it really hasn't for a long time. I, I, there were different activities I loved to do, mountain biking and um, hiking and, and even rock climbing at one time. But I never had like a kind of a set regiment, um, a set you know, systematic way of approaching, um, working out. Um, and really until I started here at BoomFit, um, in January of 2015. So tell me, um, mountain biking and rock climbing is a pretty active sport. So, yeah. um, what, when you say I, I was in a mountain biking tell, and, and rock climbing, just expand on that a little bit. Well, the rock climbing was more kind of college years, and then a little bit after that, and mountain biking has been more kind of something that's been consistent through the years. And uh, when I was in high school and even in college, I loved, I did BMX racing, and um, so one of the things I enjoyed that I kind of pulled out of that was the dirt jumping aspect of it. So that's still one of my favorite things to do. I know it's probably not the wisest thing to do at 47, but I still love to dirt jump with my mountain bike. And... Uh, typically can't find anybody my age to go dirt jumping with so I'm usually doing it by myself or well I, I remember when we went out and uh one time <laughs> I don't know if I ever went back you got to really love to do it but you're pretty I mean it was impressive you jump in the you had a whole track out there you had built yeah. it out over you know the span of a few years yeah. so would you call that like your workouts or was that something you just did for stress relief or for yeah. just Yes. Yeah, it was really more just straight up fun, stress relief. I mean, it did. I mean, you work up a sweat. It's definitely a. a I guess you, if it was consistent enough, it could be a really good workout. It, building the, just the course, just getting out there with a shovel and spending a couple hours digging, uh, probably was more of a workout than actually riding the bike. But uh, no, I I just enjoyed all aspects of it. Just being out there in the woods and. Um, you know, anytime you walk up on somebody, they always are suspicious, like you just buried a body or something because <laughs> you're walking out of the woods with a shovel. But uh, anyway, 
Uh, but no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's an awesome sport. And uh, but you, anyway, would you say that kept you in shape? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, as far as you know, just an activity that uh, you know got the heart rate up and you know just getting the muscles moving and get warm. Uh, I, I really feel like that was that was pretty much it for years. Yeah. And did you uh, <clears throat> gain any weight over the years? Or I did. Yeah. No, I I did. I mean, it's just slowly. I love Mexican food, you know, and I love you know, coffee and any treats they have under the glass at Starbucks, um, you know, and so all that stuff builds up over the years. And what was the heaviest weight that you've ever been? Uh, probably maybe like, um, I want to say maybe like 215, 220. And had you over the years tried workout programs or doing something that maybe didn't work? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, um, there was a guy, even though I did, I'd really never been a long distance runner. I always admired guys that did. There was a guy named Dean Carnassus that wrote a book called The Ultra Marathon Man, and he wrote some articles. and He was considered at the time. This was before I really understood anything about CrossFit. Considered one of the fittest men in the world, is he was running these huge marathons, and plus he was doing like fifty pull ups a day and all these. But they were asking him. What is if you were doing one exercise, one movement? What would you do? And he said push-ups. That that was what he said, you know. And I thought, and he said, you know, I try to do a hundred a day. And I thought that'd be incredible if I could do a hundred push-ups a day. And I mean, it's just the craziest idea. I just got it in my head that I wanted to start doing that, and I I did. I started doing it, and at first I had to break it up like into twenty chunks of twenty. And then I got to where I could do 25, and then 30, and then 33, and now I'm doing it in three sets now. And then I got to where I could do it in two sets of 50. And But it literally took me almost a year. I did it every day for a year, and then I did it another year, but I did it about every other day. But I did that. That was probably the two years before joining the gym here. And, and I was what, just, what would you say the benefits you saw from that, other than being able to do a lot of push-ups and bigger yeah. sets? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and you, yeah, obviously you start fatiguing the tricep, and it's not great over time. Everything starts getting a little, you know, it just breaks down, but it's not the greatest way to approach it. But anyway, um, I think it did, if nothing else, it did trigger, anytime you're trying to push yourself physically to get in better shape it makes you more conscious of what you're putting into your body i think if nothing else there was a subconscious filter now before i just shove anything in my mouth i'm trying to be a little bit more selective i wasn't great by any stretch but i did feel myself getting stronger you know and uh and i could feel it when i'd get on the bike and uh, i mean just throughout the week and so even though it was incremental it was small i could feel little by little i think it did help you know, to do that before walking in the gym here and start doing some of these Olympic lifts and different things. At least I had that one thing. Yeah. I mean, you were building up your shoulders. You were building I mean, there was a lot of strength being built. And so you, for two years, were doing a hundred pushups a day. Yes. Just about. Well, that second year was probably a little more. And you didn't need a gym. You basically would wake up and just do it at home. Yeah. It was brutal. And it was like, it was like the last thing you want to do. I would literally get out of bed. I mean, like just still completely groggy and just make myself do them right then. And, uh, you know, so how long would it be a really sadistic way to do it? How long would all that take you? I mean, you know, uh, less than 10 minutes, like maybe five minutes. I mean, it wasn't, it, it got quick. You know, because you could, you know, after you start getting proficient at it, you could 
could do them pretty quick. I mean, you're, and I wasn't doing the full on chest bump. I was just touching my chin to the floor. I wasn't, it was different than I didn't even know to do it this other way. You know, we, you know, learned a lot more efficient ways of doing it since joining the gym. But so you would say <clears> that <throat> probably for all those years, we'll call it from graduated from college until 45, which yeah. is about when you started here at the gym. Um, there was a little bit of weight gain. Yeah, for um, sure. Exercise was not a priority. Nope. Mountain biking was fun. Yeah. And and then towards the end of that, so 43, 44, almost 45 years old, you started doing push-ups. Yeah. And I mean, and that was just sheerly out of, you know, you're, once you get into your 40s especially, muscle starts atrophying. I mean, you, you can... You can tell, you just look at pictures and you go, whoa, I mean, even from two or three years ago, I'm getting smaller and smaller and I don't want to lose all of this prematurely. So I better start using it. I mean, it's like the old adage, if you, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And I knew I had to start fighting for this, this body, the strength of this body, if I was going to keep any of it. And I knew that the functionality of my body and the longevity of it really, really, it comes down to and determined by my willingness to make myself do what physically I did not want to do. And, uh, but the rewards have been ridiculously wonderful. I just can't say enough about how much better I feel and the energy level and just how I sleep better anyway. So let's talk a little bit about that because yeah. I think your, your, your story is so unique because I feel like, how much do you weigh right now? I actually um, am probably right about 200 pounds. Yeah. yeah. So you, even though you were 215 at your heaviest, I feel like your body's changed. I mean, I've yeah. seen it just completely change. Absolutely. And so just to give a quick review, I, when I started working out here, I lost down to about 190. And then uh, just trying to eat right, um, putting back just lean muscle mass. And you've helped me a lot with that, Charlie. Just eating right. And, and then I've seen my strength level go up. You know, we joke a lot about we PR every day in here, baby. Uh, but <laughs> that was for Aaron Kurtz. <laughs> Aaron Kurtz. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, just I've seen the strength go up. And so the 200 is uh, me. I really believe gaining back muscle mass that I didn't have ever, like in my life ever. So it's been a... Did you really ever have cool. any measurements done, body fat percentage or anything like that? Uh, no, probably too embarrassed to do that. But uh, so, but yeah. you were at 215, got down to 190, so you lost 25 pounds. Yeah. Um, would you attribute the majority of that to working out or yes. to nutrition? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I would probably more nutrition i think you're the one that told me it was probably more like 85 or 80 percent nutrition uh just learning i mean going to building better uh people building better athletes, athletes. yeah athletes mm -hmm. uh saturday uh that was really helpful just learning about how it all works together there's a real system to it and trying to be more selective and careful um and then being um discerning about there's opportune times to eat like right after the workout you've been great about helping me with this like doing that protein shake right then and in doing a lean protein shake you know one that can really help and then um and just being careful with the uh, you know um all the complex sugars and you know partially hydrogenated and um high fructose corn syrup and all and all the stuff additives that you get and leslie my wife's been awesome about this she was actually really good about this for years and years long before i started working out but um i've just been trying to be more careful to ask her to do it more but to really make things that are fresh foods that are you know 
no additives, veggies, fruit, you know, meat, just just grilled, not a lot of breading, you know, just pretty strict back, you know, the, the kind of stuff that... Um, so would you say your overall eating <clears throat> did like a 180? I mean, were you eating that unhealthy before? Um, no, it wasn't just terrible. But I mean, I would have like where now, I think I flipped things like the percentage of soft drink intake was most of the time with an occasional water. <laughs> now, mm. it's water's most of the time with an occasional soft drink. Maybe once a week I might have a soft drink, you know, um, and and maybe it's more like once a month now. But it's not. But I don't crave it like I used to. Like I wanted a Dr Pepper. I wanted a, you know, I had to have that. And so uh, I feel like it's kind of like um, your body gets used to what you give it and what you you teach it. You know, it's funny. Your body really is like a, a child. If you'll, it, it doesn't care. It's going to adopt whatever habits that you put in front of it. They can be good. They can be bad. Um, but you just, you've got to, it, it's a painful thing to give up an old habit, but it makes it easier when you're replacing it with a new one. And that's really what I think was helpful for me in this process. And, and you're describing what I think you, you've been successful at doing, um, which is a lifestyle approach to being healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Rea, who we both yeah. were friends with, yes, was on the podcast last month. He's what I describe as probably like the 98% committed, you know, like if he messes up, it's like one or 2% of the time. Like he's yeah. really that strict. Yeah. Um, I would probably put you in the category of like the majority of lifestyle people in the 85, 80%. Like yeah. you're going to make good choices and then, That's but fair. you're also not going to obsess. And you know, right. if you want to go, <clears throat> if you're going to have a dessert, you know, on a special occasion, you know, whereas yeah. Like a Chris, man, he's like very, very, very disciplined. And yeah. he's got, you know, right now a nutritionist and a coach and goals in that specific area. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so tell me how, before you started changing your eating, you were yeah. probably in the 50, 60%, maybe a 50, 50. Yeah, I think or, you're being generous. Or even less. Okay, maybe <laughs> yeah. what, 40, 60? Yeah, like as far as making healthy choices yeah. consciously, I would say, yeah, maybe it's probably more like uh, 30% of the time. Okay, so you were like in that. the, you were 30%, maybe. And yeah. now you're up to where 80, 85%, which in my opinion is lifestyle. Like, yeah. That, I mean, we want to get, I want everybody, that that's the yeah. goal, right? Is get, Let's get there. I think every, you're, you're living in, in a way that, that everybody, how do you go from 30 <laughs> yeah. to 80 or 85%? Well, I think, Charlie, it's it's starting with real small goals and, and those build on each other. I think it's one of the things, the fallacies that people um, many times fall into with whether it's a New Year's resolution or they're going to get fit or they're going to change their life, whatever, they bite off too big a chunk. I think trying to start with something small that you feel pretty certain, you know, like I can win with this and you build, let those little wins build on each other. Um, I remember it was a real clarifying thing. There was a book that both of you and I read a few years ago, Charles Duhigg's book on the power of habit. And he talks about every habit is broken up into three parts. Um, There is the cue, which is kind of the trigger that gets you into the behavior. Then there is the the, uh, act or the habit itself. And then there's the reward. So um, I think whenever that cue happens that makes you want to... um, go have a donut or to go whatever to make the wrong choice or to say, no, I'm not going to work out today or whatever. 
I think you have to have some kind of a cue there that reminds you, hey, it's time to, you know, like, uh, you know, my cue every morning is pick up my bag. I already lay everything out that I know I'm going to need the night before right next to the bag. But I make myself put everything in the bag, put it next to my work, you know, leather bag that has all my books and stuff in it. Um, then uh, that when I put that in the car and I put it in my office and I take it with me, it's a reminder that that's what I'm going to do right after work today. So you're setting up your workout from the day or the minute you leave the house. The moment I walk into the house from the workout from the day before, I am setting that bag up for the next day's workout. Like I want to complete that circle or else if I give myself even a minutia, just the tiniest little wiggle room in debating with myself whether or not I'm going to feel like going and doing the wad tomorrow, I will lose that battle every time. My intention, even my best intentions will never stand up against the uh, competition of what my flesh, my body wants to do. So I have to, um, I have to, before I let um, the kind of dumbed down version of Will that, that I wake up in the morning, I'm tired, I don't want to work out, I'm sore from the day before. If that version of Will is making the decision for working out, I'll never work out. <laughs> I have to use the one that's still motivated to motivate the unmotivated Will. And I think those cues, setting that in place and saying, I'm going to set this in place. And plus, I, you know, these classes are beautiful in the sense that you build in a community there's guys that I'm looking forward to seeing every day. And part of my reward at the end of that workout is getting to hang out, talk to them. Um, I go make me a shake when I get home. And that's like, ah, oh, it feels so good. And there's just this built-in momentum of feeling so good. Um, even on days when I didn't do it RX and I didn't get my PR and I didn't, you know what? I showed up and I gave all I had. And there is something so satisfying about that just in and of itself. And, um, I think in just bill, again, it's just one thing on another, on another, I couldn't even do a snatch. I couldn't even do a back squat hardly. When I first started here, I couldn't even keep my heels on the ground. I couldn't, everything felt so awkward, fish out of water. And it was just doing it over and over and little wins. And then, Hey, I can do it. Keep my heels on the ground. I'm doing it just with the bar. That's it. There's no weight on it. And then it's just little by little by little. And, uh, I think it's fascinating that you know yourself so well, meaning that this is, you know, and we can apply that, which obviously the book mentions exercise in there. You know, it talks mm -hmm. about the, the woman that actually uh, wanted to start exercising because it talks about keystone habits. Oh, yeah. And by yeah. her cutting out smoking, yes. she ended up losing weight, starting exercising. And so, but the book is not completely about exercising, but you know <clears throat> yourself so well that you've engineered a process so that you can't mess yourself up. Right. And and right. I, and that's great. I think there's, I mean, just even that piece right there, I think there's going to be a lot of people that, that can take that away and apply it to their lives and probably create their own process, yes. you know, cue, habit, reward. I know my, I mean, for me, it's very similar. Yeah. Um, the shake is for sure my reward. I mean, there's times <laughs> we're in a... 20 minute workout and I'm literally thinking about the shake for the last eight minutes, you know, just <laughs> ready to go. And then within 30 oh. seconds, I'm having my shake because it's a reward for me. So yeah. I know there's, there's truth in that. And I, and I agree completely. So now that you mentioned CrossFit, let's talk a little yeah. bit about what you 
have accomplished. You talked about back squat, not being able to do much. You talked about yeah. heels coming off the ground, he, snatches. So give me kind of a brief just okay. uh, overview of what you've accomplished now in terms of CrossFit that you couldn't do before, haven't done some okay. gains in, in lifts and such. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think <clears throat> one of the fabulous things that's happened is just a continual uh you know, being challenged and growing and working on these skills time after time after time. You guys do an awesome job of programming these things so that we can keep working on them. Um, I think, you know, just the overall strength, uh, I've definitely seen going, gone up. I mean, uh, you know, maybe when I first started, it was, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, I mean, back squat, I mean, maybe 200 pounds. I mean, I don't know, it probably was more like 150 or something. But anyway, this last um, PR, I think I was at 355. And so, I mean, for me, uh, I never, there's, that's like a insane dream. And then, uh, the last time we did, uh, deadlift, um, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was, you did. I remember vividly cause I was with you, you did 425 pounds <laughs> and you, you, uh, crushed it, but I don't know where you started. Do you remember? I, you know, again, I'm, maybe a couple hundred pounds because i remember one of the first times we did deadlift i like hyper extended my knee like i don't know if anybody's ever done that before but that's so painful and it took forever and somebody here at the gym said hey get a lacrosse ball and shove it up there in your knee and then like close your knee real tight and just hold it you know while you're watching tv or something in the evening and just hold it for several minutes and it's painful but it went away in like a week i mean it, it, it was a great fix so Awesome. Maybe that'll help somebody, but um, but yeah, deadlift, bench uh, press. Do you ben know bench press? Yeah, I think maybe I was at uh, 175 or 180, something like that. I think the last time we did it, it was about 255, something like that. And so, I, I just and then front squat. I think I just got uh, three 305, something like that, um, a couple of weeks ago. So I mean, all of that is it's, and I can't say it enough. It's like. It is, it is the cumulative effort of doing this thing over and over and not giving up and coming in even on the cruddy days when you totally do not want to be here, but you come anyway and give the 100% of the 50% you feel you've got to give. Man, it is ridiculous what that combined momentum will do for your body and just it's just it's amazing and so, it really does help so you know you mentioned earlier some of the benefits or some of the things that you have felt positive impacts in your life but can you elaborate a little bit more i know um i mean you have you pastor a, a very large church you've got a, a three daughters you're married uh, i'm yeah. sure that you're involved in other whether it's groups organizations or things that yeah. you do so very busy. How does this impact all of that? Well, I think, uh, Charlie, you've said it really well. I mean, I know that's part of your goal is to make better versions of people so that when you're healthy and you're strong and you feel like, um, you know, it, it, like I said, there's a, uh, there's a com kind of a uh, domino effect that happens. Once you get one area physically right, then it makes you want to eat right. It makes you want to sleep better. It makes you want to, and I just read a, uh, there's a chapter out of a book that we were just talking about a minute ago, mm -hmm. but uh, talking about the power of getting enough sleep. And I mean, just, just all those things, you put those things together and you start bringing a, 
the very best version of you to whatever you're doing and you feel like, man, I am giving my highest level of contribution to the most important work of my life. It's my family. It's for me, it's my ministry. I see lives that change. I get to be a part of an incredible team of people. And I, I mean, I love and respect them so much. I want to bring the very best that I have to everything that I do. And so it forces me to say no more because I have to say yes to the things that are the most important to me. And, um, and, and I think that this working out, just the, the gift that God, I, this is my, I'm going to share my conviction, my belief system. I believe that our bodies are a gift from God. Uh, this life is a gift from God. And how we manage and steward this body will allow us to either maximize the potential that God's given us and be able to um, re, you know, to claim or to gain the full impact that God intended for our life to have, or we lose that along the way. And you can even be in great shape and use it for wrong, you know, things. So I'm not saying just getting in shape is the full uh, experience. I, I believe it's part of a larger view. Uh, that our life is a gift from God and it's best lived when it's lived unto him. And um, so uh, this is, for me, a big part of being... uh, And so with that, man, with that powerful statement and just you feeling like it just allows God to use you in a larger way, allows you're being a better steward of the body he's given you. So where does your motivation come from? Like where do you, in those moments, like the the will that doesn't want to work out, yeah. the will that doesn't want to be healthy, where, you know, where do you find that motivation? Does what you just stated have a lot or anything to do with that? It absolutely does. Um, yeah, I'd say that uh, when I think about, and I think every person thinks about this at some point or another, look, getting to the end of their life, looking back. And if you don't, you should. You know, I think it's just too important to to pass over it. But when I get to the end of my life and look back, um, how I managed what I was given is, and, and the most important aspects of that is going to be the only thing that matters to me. Um, it's going to be, what did I do? How did I, how did I function as a dad and as a husband and as a pastor? And even more important than that, um, as a child of God, as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, did I represent him well? Did I really spend the time to know even who he is? And I feel like for me, um, it, this world that we live in is so fast-paced, the society and culture, it really feeds that frenzy of moving quicker and faster, and we just don't have the time to do to invest in the most important things anymore. So you just have to make yourself do those things. And I think for me, um, the, the places where I have said, I'm willing to sacrifice these other things over here that I found to be non-essential to my life, they're, they're, they're good, they're just not the best. And so when I do that, it allows me to finally pour into those relationships and those aspects of my life that are the most important. And I think, um, and to get back to the heart of your question, I think ultimately, um, for me, uh, I, I want to make sure that my body and, um, and every contribution that I make in my life goes back to um, 
the heart of why I'm here, that God created me to fulfill his will, his purpose for my life. And, um, and that calling on my life really um, is what keeps me going some days. You so know? with that, so. you know, you look at five years ago when you're not working out as much, yeah. right? Maybe mountain biking. And to now, how has this impacted your ministry? Like how, okay. how has this impacted that? Or, or it hasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. do you feel like it's made a difference in what you do? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that it, what anytime you um, take the effort to try to sharpen and, um, and do better in any particular area, it's going to help other areas. And this has definitely helped. I think that just bringing the level of energy and stamina um, one of the things as the church has grown for me personally is that we've had to add more services. We've had to add, um, you know, you know, the Sunday experience has gotten bigger. We're in three services now. And just for me personally to be able to stand up and do those services back to back, back to back like that every weekend. Um, and uh, it, it, I've noticed that as I've gotten more physically fit, I feel even more mentally um, present in the moment and be able to be more um, just clued in on stringing together my thoughts and just uh, it, it's just really uh, been beneficial in so many ways but I feel like that's one of the, been one of the biggest ones on the weekend is just having the stamina to to keep the pace that we need to keep for the growth of this ministry and, and so if there's maybe another pastor out there you know somebody who's, yeah. who's listening who has tried working out and stopped or, you know, yeah. I, I mean, what, how can you encourage that, that person to, to get started and, and how could it make a difference in their ministry and their calling and what they're doing every single day? Yeah. Now I'd say if they've tried it and they stopped and then, um, I would just say, you know, pick it back up. I mean, the beautiful thing about these classes here is that you don't have to RX them. You don't have to go big. You don't have to pick up you know be the one that picks up the greatest sometimes I think what happens is we have self we've got certain um, uh, imposed you know uh, expectations we put on ourselves they're just unrealistic we you know like man all these other guys are picking up this much weight I ought to be able to pick up too I mean you just got to check your ego at the door I've had those days myself where I'm a little hurt or I just don't feel good I'm not talking about emotionally uh, that may be true too, but I'm hurting physically and I'm coming in here and I'm just like, Hey, you know what? I'm just, I'm here. I'm going to go through this wide. I'm going to do as much as I can. And I believe those are the days when some of the most important work is done, not just physically, but I think just to have the stamina to keep doing what you've committed to do, um, on those days. Now, some days I'm not here and it's typically because there's a more important priority I've committed something to my girls or with Leslie or something but <clears throat> I would just say to whoever that person is just to, just to keep going and be consistent and don't let your goal be well I didn't our exit I'm not gonna come back tomorrow um, or whatever that lift weight or um, time that you'd hope to have on your whatever workout was I think I would just look at it as consistency through the door consistency and I think one of the best things that I did, and Charlie, you really were the ones that, that, that challenged us to do this, was try to make it at least three times a week. And I feel like just knowing that's an expectation, 
I'm going to try to make that happen. So my goal every week is to come in four times a week. The odd thing is for me to come two or three. So I wind up with an average of the year, typically way over three a, year, a, three a week. <clears throat> and so I think that for me has been, been the biggest contributor. It's not how much I lift from day to day. It's coming back day to day. It's just the consistency of coming every day and being consistent. And so it makes me think of your message on grit. Yeah, you that's know, true. grit over quit. Yeah. But that's that's great. So right. yeah. with that, you know, tell me you're talking about CrossFit and obviously now you've been doing it for uh, you know, since you said two thousand fifteen. So, uh, so a little over two years. <clears throat> what has CrossFit taught you about yourself? Man, I tell you what, it um Nobody can do CrossFit for very long and not learn something about personal suffering um, because it pushes you to places that you, and I, I hesitate to say this because it might talk people out of trying it. You've got to try it. You've got to get in here and, and be a part of this. And there's something about shared suffering, doing this with other guys and gals that are doing it at the same time. It's really uh, it sounds almost weird or maybe possibly sadistic to say this, but it is a really wonderful thing to do, to push yourself to that limit. And you discover about yourself, you're capable of more than you thought you were. And, and there's some of these workouts, I come in and I'm, I'm not kidding, Charlie, I'm praying before and during and after the workout. <laughs> Lord, just give me the strength to finish this. I'm so intimidated by what I'm about to do. And that, you know, three, two, one, and jumping into the middle of that thing and you just get off in the middle of that workout and you keep going, keep going, take your breaths when you need them and jump right back in and keep going. It's, it, there is something really, um, I know the pain is, is difficult to work through and, and I'd say probably the first six to eight weeks are some of the worst, uh, but if you'll stay consistent, it gets a lot better. Um, but, uh, man, I tell you what, it, there is breakthroughs that will happen because of that. And I think it brings a level of a level of grit, to kind of use the word you're talking about, a level of um, stamina and endurance and perseverance to other areas of your life that you didn't know you had there too. There's a, there's a level of emotional grit and, and stamina and spiritual and, and you know, psychological, I think that it's made me mentally tougher too. Um, I just think that, um, again, it, it is, it, it's like anything you can learn. It'll show you, it'll teach you things about yourself in other areas. And, you know, you're I, saying we're training more than just the, the muscles. Yes, for sure. There's more areas yes. of your, of your whole being <clears throat> that are being trained in those workouts. Yes. And then they're able to overflow into other areas of your life. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And um, what do you feel has been your biggest accomplishment in the last couple of years? I mean, there, I know that you know you obviously mentioned your strength gains. You know, I know yeah. you got muscle ups, which was a huge accomplishment. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I did take handstand, like a year, year and a yeah, half to get those handstand yeah. push ups. You know, yeah. so there's there's all these True. things. But what what would you say is at this point in your <clears throat> journey? What's the most memorable accomplishment for you? Man, I mean, there's so many awesome days. I mean, that I look back at and that, like just like the physical, you know, PR breakthrough moment was awesome. That deadlift day that you mentioned earlier was an amazing. I mean, just some of those days you're just going, this is the most amazing day. <laughs> but I, I'd have to say for me now, crossing over the two year mark, 
um, that in and of itself is maybe feels like my greatest accomplishment that I've come two years consistent um, in averaging at least three times a week for two years. I mean, for me, that, for me, that's a huge deal. That um, that is a big deal. I mean, that's for most people. I mean, if if people can just work out three days a week, you know, it's better than coming every day for thirty days and then yeah. never coming after that. So yeah. Um, do you have any goals for this year in terms of health, fitness, or workouts, CrossFit? Yes, I want to keep coming three times a week. <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah. real fabulous yeah. or flashy, but no, that's seriously because for me, going so in two months, I'm going to be 48. I'm closing in on 50 years old. So I, for me, it's just about maintaining, just being consistent. Now, the, the beautiful thing, which I know there's going to be a limit to this, it's going to end someday. But every year I see my PRs go up. So I don't know how much longer that's going to last. I'm going to enjoy it as long as God gives it to me. But that's, I know that'll end at some point. That's fine. But I think just trying to be consistent. I love the people here. I love my experience here. I love the high fives I get when I come in the door. And every wad, it's, it, even the brutal, grueling, hardest ones are fun because of the people I get to do it with. And, um, man, I just... I'm I'm all in. I'm I'm ready to jump in for uh, you know. So so last I would say the last you know we'll close it out with this, but um, you know there's uh, you bring a unique perspective because I I believe that um, I mean you've seen fascinating results over the last couple of years, but you know you started really working out at, at a later part of your life. You for know sure. it wasn't something that you've been doing in your twenties, thirties, right. And so, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier there's there about the intimidating factor and the uh, you talked about consistency a little bit with three times a week. And so there's, you know, there's somebody listening that I think can say, okay, I'm 47, you know, about to be 48. You know, you're this guy is obviously passionate about what he's saying because, he, you know, he's right. still doing it. You know what? What do you feel like your your words for that person are that can really just get them late forties? You know, they're they're a lot of the similar situations you are. You know, you got a daughter in college, you got two other daughters. They got you know they they're probably at some point juggling a career. Yeah, time is probably the thing that people don't want to give up. You yeah. know, if I if if I, as I talk to people, that's and for a person in their mid to late forties, the hour. Whether it's taking away from sleep in the morning, whether yeah. it's taking away from their work day from the eight to five, yeah. or taking away from family in the evenings, seems like something that they don't want to do. It's not even so much even um, depending on the gym that they're going to, the financial commitment. It's more of like, man, I don't want to give that hour yes. to that even <clears throat> three times a week. Right. So how can you tell that person that that hour is worth it? Well, I would say this, that life is a series of trade-offs. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And we <clears throat> many times fill our lives, our days, our calendars, our schedules full of things that we feel like all of this stuff is totally necessary. And if we would step back and really analyze it and ask the question, um, if I only had 12 months to live, how much of this stuff is absolutely necessary? Now, I know we're not on that place, thank the Lord we're not, but when you get down to what is absolutely necessary, 
And maybe that'll allow you asking tough questions like that. What, what is necessary? What, what can I say no to? Or what is it that I'm staying in because I feel emotionally attached to that? Or I don't really, I, I feel bad because I'm going to say no and I don't know what they're going to think or whatever. We're talking about adding years to your life. We're talking about having a more functional end of your life. I mean, in terms of full functionality physically of your body for far more years than what maybe medical science has thought for a lot of years. You look, I watched a video of a guy the other day, um, I remember Jacinto Benito or something like that. He's in Brooklyn, New York. Look up the 74-year-old CrossFitter. It will blow your mind what this guy is doing at 74 years old. I'm just saying, if we stay, if we keep moving and keep pushing ourselves, what uh, what we thought was possible is getting stretched in, in terms of old age and strength and mobility and what we can do and how much longer. I was this last, it was about a calendar year ago, I was with a buddy riding up the ski lift at Breckenridge, Colorado, going skiing. We're riding up with two 70-year-old people they're skiing black and double black diamond. They're skiing stuff that scares me to death, and they're in incredibly good shape. I'm going, how is this possible for these people? It's because they stop. They never stop moving. They never stop making a priority out of continuing to uh, keep their body fit and healthy. And and it's just it's taking an hour out, but it is also adding. You're adding way more than an hour back onto the end of your life. So it's a trade-off, as I said. You're trading an hour out of your day. You're giving up. I'm not saying don't give up your sleep. You need to sleep. But just learning how to say no to one thing so that you can stay fit and you're going to stay more present, active for your family. You're going to be able to bring more to your work. You're going to be more productive for more years. You're just, it, it is just a better stewardship of what God has given you. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.